Looking ahead, challenges and opportunities in the changing world. Welcome to Talking Economics, podcast launched on the occasion of the 30th anniversary of the Center for Economic Research and Graduate Education, Economics Institute. In recent months, the Czech Republic is experiencing an unprecedented inflow of Ukrainian children and youth to the country and into our educational system. What are the main challenges children and teachers face in our schools? Is the situation more complicated because schools suffered from the two-year pandemic? And can we take this an, as an opportunity? In today's session, we will have a closer look at these and other questions with Daniel Minich, a Sergii PhD in Economics alumnus, member of Sergii faculty, and the executive director of the academic think tank IDEA at Sergii. Among many other consulting and advisory activities, Daniel was appointed to the newly established Czech Prime Minister's Advisory Council in January 2022. Welcome, Daniel. Hello. Thank you for inviting me. We are happy to have you here again and um, let's jump right to the topic. As I said in the introduction, we are in, uh, experiencing an unprecedented inflow of foreigners with basically no knowledge of language into our educational system. And we know that the system has had its troubles before, right? So uh, the, the list of challenges is pretty long. Where do you see the main ones? Well, the main challenge is to secure accommodation of reasonable quality, education, especially for youth, plus language uh, education for adults so that they could work and work. Uh, the first is, as usual, housing, and then immediately follows education. Without uh, good housing, uh, one cannot think reasonably about uh, education. And without education, meaning preschools and schools for children, one can hardly think, start thinking about uh, employment and jobs because uh, somebody has to take care of the children. And it's better if they are taken care by schools, not sitting at home. Mm. Watching TV, which they don't even understand. So uh, speaking about schools specifically and the educational system, uh, what are the challenges at different levels? Like you mentioned preschools, schools. Uh, what would you say are the key things we need to focus on right well, away? Well, the key issue of uh, these days is to how to spread or allocate uh, uh, Ukrainian families, mostly mothers, women with children of all ages, uh, unif more uniformly across the country, Czech Republic, so that uh, the big burden is not located in big cities like Prague, Brno and Pilsen, for, for example, and the central Bohemian region, because if you, and that's what we did, if you compare those per capacities in schools and preschools and compare them with the number of uh, children, uh, yeah, um, young people from Ukraine, you see huge discrepancies between where the capacities are and when where Ukrainians are. So you see the main challenge in uh, actually securing the spots for them. You don't see the challenge in once they are in the school, Uh, or that's another story. Well, it but fo the, the first it challenge follows, is, right? <laughs> so the first challenge I'm, is... I'm thinking step in step. First, mm -hmm. you have to secure the slots in schools and preschools, and then follows uh, uh, 
what I would call integration, simply learning uh, language enough mm-hmm. so that they could follow the regular classes, so that there are no special classes for Ukrainians. Um, by the way, uh, many Ukrainian children are already uh, studying in online from Ukraine. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. So it uh, could be viewed as some kind of hybrid. They spend part of the day in a Czech school and part of the day in online courses. It's quite complicated for both children, their parents and our Czech schools. So. Um, Uh, the challenge is, of course, the language, Czech, learning Czech language. And there comes new and new evidence that if uh, you set up the learning environment properly, meaning that you not only teach them, these uh, Ukrainian children, but you also uh, create um, Czech and Ukrainian groups of children, they learn quite quickly. Mm. Fortunately, uh, Ukrainian language is Slavic language, which well is not so close to Czech language as Slova- Slovakian one, but still, they can get it quite fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned that the first challenge is uh, finding the spots and uh, matching where the people is and where the capacity is, or moving people where the capacity is. For that, we need data, right? And um, again, for quite a long time, we've been talking about the fact that the government is not uh, collecting data and is not using data effectively to make decisions. Do you see any changes here? So since the early beginning, I was warning uh, or advising to to the government that they should secure data collection and uh, data processing. And at the end, Uh, securing two things. First, analytical mm, utilization of the data so that the government is uh, well informed about what's going on, including this matching of people, schools and uh, jobs, let's say. And also uh, the spread and provision of information to all these actors in the field. These are thousands of schools uh, school principals, uh, mayors, uh, we have 6,000 uh, municipalities, mm-hmm. uh, medical centers and so on. All the people there have to make important decisions every day about matching people, helping them and so on. And without uh, good quality, easily accessible information, they will not make uh, efficient enough decisions. So this was my advice since the very beginning. Uh, the situation now, three months, is uh, not as good as I thought, but it's very similar case with the COVID, mm-hmm. where the data limits were important. Uh, so at this moment, uh, the individual ministries are collecting some data They are collecting some data. Ministry of Schooling uh, made a survey of spare capacities. Okay. Um, um, Ministry of Labor uh, is uh, collecting data on uh, open vacancies, open jobs. Uh, it will, in some future, nobody knows, they will collect information on professions and educational level of these Ukrainians. And the Ministry of Interior is collecting data on um, residents or the place where these uh, incoming Ukrainians were registered. Unfortunately, the data are being collected 
separately by these uh, ministries, each in different way, and these data are not being uh, merged together mm-hmm. regularly and updated. And of course, there is no analytical uh, analytical um, interface, uh, no analytical offices using that. So. Partly inspired by this, we have created an online application mm-hmm. which uh, puts data from different sources at the level of districts. We have about 77 districts in Czech Republic. We could go down to 6,000 uh, yeah. municipalities, but we didn't do so yet. And we are exploring, comparing the capacities of schools and the uh, number of uh, youth from Ukraine. And that's where my mm, uh, information comes from that there is big discrepancy. Interestingly, Ukrainians, or interestingly, uh, labor economists would uh, guess this, that Ukrainians located mostly according to where there were Ukrainians already before the, the war in Ukraine. And there is a relatively high correlation between uh, the provision of jobs. Uh, across the country. So it means the driving forces of the allocation until now were the past uh, location of Ukrainians, friends, uh, families, uh, and so on. It's very natural, Mm. Uh, we know, (laughs) Uh, because the information is quite important and some kind of security that someone knowing the location, okay. Mm. And the second is labor market. But in the, the, from the policy standpoint, uh, the second after the housing should be education. Because uh, you can, uh, for instance, uh, let people commute by buses and so on to jobs, mm-hmm. but you can hardly do this uh, with to school. schools. And if you do not secure education, it may turn out to be big trouble of this large group of uh, youngsters uh, being uh, not being able to live in this society, not know, not knowing uh, knowledge of uh, of Czech. So schooling is quite important, some kind of investment for them and for us too. And so you you started with this application uh, under under the idea think tank. Um, you don't have the resources that the government does, right? So uh, you did this with relatively little resources. Uh, they supposedly have uh, large analytical teams. Do you see them at least starting to work in this uh, direction? They started. I have information that the Ministry of Interior is developing uh, not uh, analytical application, but uh, in a tool to inform stakeholders school principals and uh, mayors and so on. It's still under development. Hopefully soon they will make it public, accessible. Uh, but as concerns uh, analytical um, analytical tools and analysis itself, it's the government is still lagging behind. Uh, and um, yes, lagging behind, as usual. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hopefully this will change. Uh, so, uh, going to the question of uh, we need to spread the the foreigners, the the migrants, into the areas where we can provide them with housing and education. Uh, this is a question of incentives, right? This is a question of motivation. Um, do you have any advice? Uh, what could work? Because the relatives and the, the yeah. friends 
where they came in the first place is an important tie, right? Yes, how to allocate better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, it should uh, be aware that the first wave of migrants, uh, these people were mostly linked to someone already living here from the past. The more recent waves are people who don't know anybody here. Mm-hmm. So they have some propensity to stay in these big cities where they register for the first time, but then they are lost. Uh, in country like Czech Republic, democratic country, part of the European Union, we cannot forcefully, using force, uh, you know, place these people somewhere. Simply, we have to use other g- gentle forms, incentives. Uh, it was not debated yet. No, it's, what is being debated is the relocation. But the government says we cannot force do, use force. But the government can use uh, incentives. So, for instance, it can provide uh, higher uh, social uh, payments uh, if they locate somewhere. They can secure uh, housing at, at places which are not so popular. Uh, they can build uh, schools quick, relatively quickly, these temporary schools. Um, and um, they can uh, also um, subsidize uh, bus shuttles to secure that despite living uh, 50 kilometers from Prague, they can commute by bus uh, to jobs in Prague. And there are, I'm sure, many other incentives the government could use. Mm-hmm. And is this being at least debated or is it uh, in the... I haven't process? heard about that. Almost surely at some level uh, it was debated. Um, but I haven't heard about such discussion yet. So this is a great opportunity. And for... uh, it's only the central government which can create such incentives uh, because then there are many small players, municipalities, regions, uh, schools and individual they can hardly coordinate uh, and uh, create incentives. Such it has to be central government, which, but, and at the same time, the central government cannot use force. We agreed, right? But it can nicely use these incentives because it has a great power in allocation of uh, staff and uh, money. Um, don't you think that part of the reasons why things are maybe a little slow um, is that there is a lot of uncertainty about how long these people are going to stay here. That many of the migrants are also hoping that they will return quickly, right? That they will not need to be here, for example, by the new school year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they don't see it as a, as a it's, priority. It's one of the reasons um, that some expect uh, that this is temporary problem, that a uh, great deal of the migrants will disappear soon. Uh, but the other reason is that all the parties are waiting for the move by the others. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why should I care about the uh, schools? Uh, why not the neighboring district decide mm. that, right? So this is the role of the central government to coordinate uh, and to, to create incentives. And probably, um, like, uh, if if we do this well, this could be an opportunity, right? Uh, and even with building the schools and, and learning how to relocate the migrants, this is a skill or um, these resources and infrastructure will here to stay will be here to stay, right? So 
we should look at this uh, as an opportunity to improve the situation in the Czech Republic as such, right? Even if the migrants would leave afterwards. Or do you think that the solution that we would do for the migrants would be useless after they leave? It's uh, surely true for um, preschools, for maternity schools and so on. These facilities were in shortage for two decades here in this country, especially in regions where these uh, Ukrainian migrants are trying to stay. So it's Prague, Brno, uh, uh, the suburbs of Prague and Brno. So even if they move home or go further to the West, If we build these capacities now, they will uh, they will serve Czech pupils, especially preschools. But in the same time, you can hardly build uh, buildings uh, in sh- such a short uh, time. time horizon in a few months. Usually, it takes five five years here. <laughs> Everything <laughs> is quite complicated uh, due to bureaucracy and. Uh, and so on. But uh, there are other options, like uh, uh, building these mobile mo- mobile houses. And there is big experience with that. So even in our uh, own municipality village, we have built in the past, before the migration wave, uh, such um, preschool preschools in, in three months, three, mm-hmm. four months. So it's really doable. And what about um, uh, the the shortage of people and teachers for these schools? Because that's another issue we face, right? Well, uh, it's a complicated issue. How how many Ukrainian mm, pupils we have here, right? So overall, the estimate is that we have uh, from 200 to 300,000 Ukrainians overall, including adults. It's wide range of uncertainty how many are here because they are coming and leaving. Mm. <laughs> uh, so we are not sure how many left already. So the average, the guess is that we have uh, about three percent. The th- that Ukrainians uh, represent about three percent of the Czech population. The youngsters may represent four percent, let's say. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you have a class in school, It's 20 children, pupils, 20. Mm-hmm. 10% is two. Right? So, one, mm-hmm. 1% is the 5% is one, one, one pupil, right? If I count well. How is it? 5% is one, one yeah. child, right? Mm-hmm. So if we spread children <laughs> uniformly across the country, it would be adding one, two p- Ukrainian pupils yeah, into standard Czech class, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not about hiring new teachers. It's about how to um, how to teach Czech teachers to teach Ukrainian children if they are in small numbers there. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So what might be useful is uh, having um, assistants of, uh, of teachers Mm-hmm. or assistant overall in schools, Ukrainians, but a great deal of the mothers who immigrated are teachers, teachers or some kind of social workers. Uh, and even without this, they can help a lot, the teacher, especially in the early weeks 
where the language skills of the children are not so good. Uh, many of uh, the uh, the Ukrainians and Czechs, uh, Czech teachers know Russian, so it's helping or English. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Somehow they can Make deliver work. the education uh, to those few children who are in the class, and of course there can be top up courses of Czech language. Mm-hmm. And interactions uh, within uh, Czech Czech pupils, uh, which is the be- probably the best. So, it's not about establishing Ukrainian classes and Ukrainian schools. Mm-hmm. Y- yet we talk about building new uh, classes, right? So uh, there will be a need for more people. But I understand we can, we should uh, work better with. Uh, Uh, employing also the Ukrainians who came in and they could be a great resource. Uh, this is something that we have experience with, right? The integration into Czech schools of, of uh, children with disabilities or uh, other sorts has been in place for a number of years. So would you say that we are ready for the for the plan that you just proposed to use Ukrainian moms as assistants and the integration of kids in small numbers into our classes? Well, we are struggling with integration for years. Uh, we are used to um, a system where we have special schools where children with uh, troubles of any kind were directed and the rest was rather homo- homogeneous. Uh, so it uh, took us uh, many, many years to change uh, teachers and people's minds that uh, children should be taught together. It, uh, so there is a shortage of uh, teachers who know how to deal with heterogeneous classes. It's a problem on the side of parents who in many cases do not feel well if they see these other children are uh, being taught in the same class. So uh, we moved, moved uh, forward, definitely. The situation was much worse 10 years ago and 20 years ago. It goes slowly. Uh, compared to Germany, they are much more experienced. Uh, they are teaching, uh, universities are producing real professionals not only teachers, but social workers and uh, psychologists and advisors and so on, so that they can then help at local places. Here in Czech Republic, we still have extreme shortage of these people because universities do not producing them in large numbers. So Ukraine is another challenge Mm -hmm. of a little bit different kind. Simply the language is the main barrier Otherwise, uh, culturally, there is no big difference. But you know uh, how to teach uh, children who don't understand at all might be a problem, especially if teachers use this uh, frontal method of teaching. Simply, mm. they speak to children, yeah. and children repeat uh, jointly, right? Because <laughs> Czech uh, way of teaching is um, not using individual. Uh, work, work teamwork, bit, individual yeah, work. Yeah, yes, yeah. Uh, but uh, if if we hire these Ukrainian moms as assistants, it could help the situation, right? They could help their children in the classroom. The question is whether integration would then um, 
how that would suffer. But uh, are we able to do that? Are we able to recognize their education? Are we able to recognize um, their skills and employ them in our system? Or is it still too rigid? Well, it depends on location, mm-hmm. on who is the school principal and who is uh, the mayor. Um, we have quite a fragmented uh, system of municipalities, 6,000. So the average size of municipality, I'm guessing it might be 1,000 inhabitants, quite small. And each one is uh, managed by mostly mayor and school principal. Schools are quite small. The central government, it's quite long distance from mm. the central government to each of these uh, small villages and municipalities. Uh, so it depends a lot on ability of uh, local people to coordinate and being willing to change their mind and willingness to help and being creative, mm-hmm. inventive. Uh, so it will work somewhere quite nicely, but it will not work at all at some other locations. And then uh, it's a role for the government for incentives as, and also for supervision. Mm-hmm. Simply, if it doesn't work, it should be, you know, there should be red line, uh, red light uh, saying, look, something doesn't work here. Um, this migration wave is uh, another um, big challenge that is uh, in front of us, which came right after the pandemic, right? Uh, and the pandemic was a big challenge for the educational system for schools. Uh, do you see any benefits or new skills that the schools or teachers or principals have acquired through the pandemic that could be useful in this situation? You, you mean skills obtained, experience obtained during the COVID, uh, mm-hmm. how whether and how they could be applied. Yeah, uh, if we learned anything that made us stronger to deal with the new challenge. I'm not school practitioner, so I'm just guessing uh, it might be because it's really different. Uh, The online experience, which was huge, might help a little bit, but especially in the case of Ukrainians being taught by Ukrainian teachers. Mm-hmm. Right? I can imagine that if uh, Ukrainian children at some location cannot be taught, they could be taught online by some central mm, Ukrainian teachers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, it could solve some ad hoc problems. Uh, the language you know, uh, no, it's a challenge, it's which is new, a new totally thing. Totally new thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Czech Republic had s- still slow proportion of foreigners, even ab- among children, so teachers are not used to deal with uh, uh, foreign speakers. Mm-hmm. So it's a really new challenge. So it's really a different challenge it's that different is challenge. one after another yeah. coming to schools uh, and... Uh, they didn't really have a lot of time to recover from the previous one. Actually, uh, my question is, so do you think that the situation is really more complicated because we just mm, got out of the pandemic? Hopefully we did get out of the pandemic. Uh, just in a few weeks, I noticed it, that your think tank is co-organizing a conference on mitigating the learning losses caused by the COVID school closures. Uh, my question is, is it possible to work on this huge challenge, mitigating the the learning losses that were caused by the two-year pandemic, 
and at the same time deal with the pandemic. <laughs> yes, this is a conference uh, or we organized together with the World Bank. And this conference is meant uh, to be interesting for the whole world. Mm-hmm. And there will be speakers from the whole world and uh, the re- already registered people come from all the, of the world where there are no Ukrainian migrants. Okay? okay, So the conference itself will probably not mention Ukrainian migrants and how to teach them. Mm-hmm. So it's a more general uh, conference. Uh, My question is about the Czech Republic. We have to deal with the learning losses here of yep. our kids. And well, at the same time, we have this new thing. Uh, we are still in early stage. It's three months after the migration started. There is uh, now something like the adjustment period where these families are settling down and uh, finding out how things work. Uh, they are um, studying Czech language in dif- very different setups, sometimes being taught by um, their own Czech teachers, sometimes by simply Czech who <laughs> talk to them. Some of them are in small children groups and learn from the, their uh, young Czechs and so on. But new stage will start since uh, September 1st mm-hmm. from the new school year. Because it's expected, at least I expect, and most people expect that all these Ukrainians um, pupils will be allocated to existing schools and classes and they will start <laughs> it the remaining uh, Ju- june uh, it will not happen so mm-hmm. again we are going back to this first allocation <laughs> finding place and then how to deal with children hopefully we will not have uh, uh, ukrainian classes and schools because it's not uh, helping um, in uh, the integration having merely uh, ukrainian children taught by Ukrainian teacher. Um, but what about if there are groups of people who just want to return to Ukraine? Well, uh, it, and yeah, it so. shows up already that some parents are deci- decided to move back as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. So they do not find integration of their children and uh, mm, attending regular schools as important. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what the numbers are. Does definitely, anybody it's not, know? Definitely, it's n- not non-negligible. Mm-hmm. And given the system, uh, um, which is still a little bit chaotic, it it's in many cases uh, pupils and adults are registered, but they already moved, and nobody knows that they are no more present. So, at, at this moment, the school principals are not sure how many children will sign up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> from September. Yes, these are uncertainties. Uh, and also the problem is that s- some Ukrainian parents claim that their children are going to online schools in Ukraine. So they don't want they don't want their children to at the, at the same time Czech school. In fact, it's technically impossible, right? To be <laughs> it's at the same time. To, yeah. yeah. Uh, and there is no experience, no legal arrangement. So now it's a little bit misty. We, we still have this uh, special regime mm-hmm. uh, nationwide, which yes. allows government and these people to make decisions which otherwise wouldn't be possible. So possibly we don't have this 
special regime from September, yeah. these kids yeah. will need to go to school, yeah. right? Because yeah. it's legally They will be considered mandatory. probably as uh, standard Czech pupils, simply where it's mandatory to attend school, not preschool. Mm-hmm. Generating quite... A challenge. Hopefully, uh, the situation, and I do hope with the Ukrainian families that they will be able to return if they choose to do so uh, by September at the latest. Um, I think we covered the topic quite extensively. I think we talked about a lot of challenges. Is there anything else you want to There is one add? issue which will become more important in the future. Uh, it's being debated. Uh, what are the benefits of this uh, migration move for Czech Republic or what are the challenges? How we could benefit from this? Mm-hmm. So, and we are uh, people are talking about uh, helping the pension system, you know, mm-hmm. mitigating the aging of the Czech society, having uh, additional labor, which is in a great shortage in Czech Republic, uh, and educated uh, professionals from Ukraine. But what shouldn't be forgotten is that if Ukraine gets back as a country to democratic uh, uh, system uh, without war, then it will need uh, human resources, educated resources, and the number one resource is our citizens, right? Mm -hmm. So we should be careful trying to keep Ukrainians here, especially those uh, more educated, to help us, because uh, we should still keep in mind that this country has to rebuild, right? Mm -hmm. So they will need educated uh, Ukrainians. So maybe we should even uh, foster this, uh, providing, uh, establishing some special educational programs at higher level at universities, uh, so that we in a larger number educate Ukrainians, but under condition they move back uh, home after their graduation to help rebuilding their country, because sending only money there will not help enough if there are no people People educated enough mm. to to use the money. That's a that's a great uh, challenge and opportunity that we we need to take. Uh, I thank you for that and thank you for uh, being with us and sharing your insights. Thank you too.